Welcome to Postpartum Stories with Steph, candid conversations with mums and sometimes dads about the precious yet chaotic time that is life after birth. My name is Steph, woman, warrior, wife, mother, coffee lover and feminist. I'm a postpartum doula in Melbourne and you can find me on Instagram at postpartum underscore with underscore Steph with a PH. Through this podcast, I will chat to women and birthing people in a real and raw way about their postpartum experience. So sit back, grab a cuppa, even if it's cold, take off your bra and enjoy. So I thought I would come on the podcast to do another episode that's just me talking. Um, This is off the back of a post that I put up on Instagram last night that has gone semi-viral, I would say. Um, Just for a bit of context, the picture that I posted was a picture of my dad uh, when he was a baby. And he was lying in his cot, but he was strapped into the cot yeah, basically with, I guess, what kind of looks like a, a belt or well, wasn't a belt, but some kind of strap to keep him in place. And it's very well known that my grandmother would put him in his cot, leave him downstairs and she would go upstairs to bed and she would see him again in the morning when she woke up. Um, this is something that, yeah, is very well known in my family. It's something we talk about quite often um, because my dad you know he kind of makes a joke out of it even though it's really not funny at all Um, but I believe that that's his way of coping with it but I just wanted to talk a little bit more about sleep and sleep training culture and baby sleep and this is coming from my perspective and my opinion only I'm not an expert I'm just a mum and I'm just trying to do what's best for my son and myself in terms of his sleep Um, I don't even know if what I'm going to say right now makes sense I don't even really know what I'm going to (laughs) say but I just feel like I need to talk about this it's clearly an issue it clearly hits home with a lot of people and it's also something that is quite divisive as well because there's a lot of opinions around how um, we how we should go about baby sleep And my biggest uh, suggestion is to follow your gut and (laughs) go with your instinct. But unfortunately, we have a lot of businesses, big business and companies in Australia and other countries that um, want you to not follow your gut and want to sever the bond that you have with your child in order to sell you something uh, to help you make your baby sleep. Um, I think the first place we need to go is... Uh, or the first thing we need to look at is what are the realistic expectations that you have around baby and baby's sleep. If you're coming home with a newborn and expecting them to sleep 12 hours a night without waking, that is not going to happen. And in fact, it's very dangerous because babies need to feed often. They need to wake often. That is biologically normal. Um... People say, you know, as the months go on, the stretches of sleep should become longer. 
that might happen for you and it might not and for many people it doesn't and so it feels really shitty when you know your baby's six months old and you think that it's going to be a silver bullet and they're definitely going to start sleeping through the night and then they don't and in fact maybe their sleep gets a little worse maybe they're waking every two hours instead of every three hours um and then you know you start to kind of doubt yourself like or doubt your baby what's wrong with my baby they need to be fixed and that's where um, a lot of sleep consultants come in and say well I can help you fix your baby um, I've definitely got your best interest at heart just pay me all of this money and I'll give you uh, a routine that is the same for every customer <laughs> it's not unique to you um, and I'm going to prey on your vulnerability a little bit and talk about your baby's development and how they might not be developing the way they should because they're not getting enough sleep which again babies develop at different rates right babies roll over at different times they walk at different times they talk at different times and the the issue of sleep needs to be taken out of this conversation because it's just so unhelpful so also for context if you are new to this podcast or new to me and my story uh, I have a son who is 22 months old and he has only just started sleeping through the night and I say through the night in inverted commas because he still wakes up around well sometimes 3 a.m sometimes 4 a.m sometimes 5 a.m he's only started doing that in the last month and that I believe is because I weaned him from breastfeeding so I think that has helped me in getting him to be able to sleep a little bit longer that being said I don't recommend that you wean a six-month-old from night feeds or a 12-month-old um, you know it's recommended that babies aren't weaned any younger than 18 months of um, breast milk at night for a range of different reasons and for me that you know I, I wanted to sort of wait until he was a bit older to start that process so that I could talk to him about it and he could understand it a bit better um, but yeah that's my situation so I've spent 20 21 months of waking with my son every I would say three to four hours and you know some weeks are harder than others some months are harder than others but eventually I found a way to cope and I think I also adapted to to waking as well like it wasn't like I would be awake and be awake for an hour or two hours I would wake to him feed him and he would be back to sleep and then I would be back to sleep so it sort of becomes less disruptive um, it becomes more like a rhythm like a dance <laughs> a nighttime dance um, so yeah I completely understand um, sleep deprivation and how that can feel and how that can take a toll and, you know, I understand why mothers and parents choose to sleep train because, you know, it can start to affect your mental health and, um, you know, it can affect other things as well. And ultimately, you've got to do what's best for yourself and your baby, because if you're not functioning, you're not going to be able to be, you know, the best parent to your child that you can be. Not that being the best is the goal, but you know what I mean? Like, you can't look after your child as well as you could if you were functioning at a higher level. So, yeah, I mean, I understand why people choose to sleep train. But I think the reason that I get so 
I, I know you can hear that I sound angry and ragey. <laughs> um, I get so worked up about this is because there's methods that people are using that I believe and I think is well researched that are severing these bonds between mother and child and father and child and like what is that doing to the child in future years you know if they don't have a foundation of good bonds and good connection how are they going to learn to have good bonds and good connection as older children and teenagers and adults like it has to be linked somewhere um so yeah my issue is with methods that just go against our biological need to soothe our children um like leaving them to cry for extended periods of time um ignoring them whatever the case may be um and also i think that a lot of mothers who have tried uh, who have yeah who have tried different methods of sleep training often feel guilt about it too or often feel like it's going against what they want to do which I think is really shitty um and speaking from my own experience when my son was 10 months old I felt so frustrated and so fed up with his sleep especially his day sleep as well because I was he would never sleep without me or um in his cot by himself like he was either on me or he was in the pram or in the car and so when he was having like three sleeps a day I was spending half my day driving around and I was already exhausted the night before um, from night wakings and so I got to a point where I sort of said to my husband we have to do something about this I have to go back to work in a couple of months I need to sort of get this sorted and it did become that problem that we needed to fix and so I found someone on Facebook that was a gentle sleep consultant um, and I think they use the word gentle because they say this is we don't do cry it out um, but what a lot of these people don't tell you is what their definition of cry it out is so for most of them it's leaving a baby longer than 10 minutes crying um, or you know leaving them to cry until they're sick um, but, you know, anything that's not that is gentle, apparently. Um, this is, again, just from my experience. I'm not saying everyone is like this, um, but this was the experience that I had. So, yeah, we had this person come in and kind of do an assessment of my son and his sleeping environment and his solids and all that sort of stuff. And... Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I, it's not really, there's really no point to it. But the long and short of it is I tried it for about two weeks and I didn't leave him for longer than 30 seconds. Um, that is literally all I could cope with of hearing him cry. Um, I still feel guilty about that. Um, and yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> It didn't work, I think, because deep down I wasn't committed to it. And also, you know, he had a few a few nights, or sorry, a few day sleeps where he would self-settle. Um, but once he kind of got sick or started teething, like, it just all went to shit. So 
after that experience and after I stopped listening to a complete stranger about the needs of my own child that I grew and birthed, I, um, I reassessed the situation and I thought to myself, you know what, if he needs to sleep in the pram, we'll go for a walk, I'll get some fresh air. That's okay, I can deal with that. If he needs to sleep in the car, I can listen to some podcasts, um, I can pull over if I need, you know, if I'm feeling tired or if I am feeling really tired, we'll go for a walk instead of driving so that everyone stays safe. Um, if he needs to fall asleep on, on my lap or feeding, which is, was very often the case, uh, that's fine too. Like, why is that wrong? If that's what's working for him and for us, then why does it need to change? I know that he's not going to be feeding to sleep when he's 10 years old. Uh, I know that I'm not going to have to put him in a pram when he's 15 to get him to go to sleep at night. And if he needs me in close proximity to be able to sleep now, well, this is a tiny part of his entire life and our entire life together. So, you know, for me, it makes sense to honor that. And, you know, I think just being able to reassess the situation after having um, an experience with a sleep trainer gave me the perspective I needed to be able to then make it to the 20, 21 months um, of night wakings and having him co-sleep with me. Um, sorry, not co-sleep, contact nap, but he also co-slept as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think really what it comes down to is, is what you are comfortable with and, you know, to try and sort of just back yourself if you think that what you're doing is working for you it feels right it feels comfortable then don't listen to people that are telling you that you need to sleep train or that he or she needs to sleep longer than two hour stretches at a night of a night time and all that stuff because it babies aren't robots right like they don't know that they're supposed to sleep I say supposed to in inverted commas 12 hours a night but they know that they're comforted by touch and scent and milk if if that's if you're breastfeeding um you know don't feel like you need to go against that at all um yeah I think that's just my main message and like I said I completely understand why people sleep train why they get help and there are you know I think there are some approaches that are a bit more baby led and more sort of the attachment parenting style um, I don't know much about those either, so I'm not going to say anything. Um, but, you know, if you do need help, I, I'm, I'm not judging at all. And I've been through this as well, so I completely get it. Um, but, yeah, I think I've said it about 50 million times now. My issue is just with these companies that, you know, target vulnerable parents through um, advertising online at, you know, 3 a.m. when they know that you're going to be on your phone with a, an awake baby or feeding a baby I just think that that's really shitty and gross um yeah so I think I've pretty much had my rant <laughs> hope that you've enjoyed listening it probably made no sense whatsoever um but yeah if uh if you've got anything that you want to talk about please come find me on Facebook you can see the original post there as well um that I put up about my dad. Uh, my handle is at postpartum underscore with underscore Steph. Uh, I hope that you have a lovely day.
Okay, so it turns out I wasn't quite finished ranting. Um, not that this next bit is going to be a rant, but it's just something that I thought was worth including. Um, there's, I feel like there's a spectrum of sleep training and on one end is the hardcore cry it out, child neglect, child abuse end of it. And on the other end, there are... <laughs> you know, very well-meaning attachment parents that are exhausted and are wearing that exhaustion like a badge of honour and they're not coping. And I've seen this in Facebook groups that I'm in uh, and, again, this is not judgment. This just is fact that people who don't want to sleep train are often very, very tired, <laughs> are sleep deprived and aren't coping. And so I don't think that that's the answer either. Um, I think a big, big part of this is the culture we have around supporting mothers or, or primary caregivers. Um, we basically abandon mothers after six weeks. So at six months, when your child's not sleeping through the night and you're exhausted and then you also have to be a parent the next day um you know it becomes a lot and it takes a toll on mental health physical health all sorts of things so I think something that is worth thinking about and something that we need to work harder to achieve is support for mothers um you know in the daytime so that they can function if they do choose uh not to sleep train um and for me, what it took after that experience with a sleep trainer when my son was 10 months to really sort of be able to say, okay, well, if I'm going to be really tired from being up during the night with him, uh, I need to have an hour to myself when my husband gets home from work or I need to call a friend to come over and just keep me company or I need my mum to come over and um, look after the baby for a couple of hours while I have a shower and sleep and have some food. And this, I'm not saying, you know, you don't have to do this every single day and it's probably not realistic to be able to do that every single day. But, uh, you know, once a week or once a fortnight, having that thing that's just for you. And I mean, I think every day you need to do something for yourself, whether that's, you know, a 10-minute hot shower or, you know half an hour walk or listening to a podcast while your baby sleeps on you or having something really nice to eat something really nourishing for yourself drinking lots of water dancing whatever just do that or find that nice thing that's going to perk you up a little bit um and ask for help if you need it uh because yeah like i said we have this society of basically abandoning mothers um, and sort of being like, oh, well, you chose to have kids, so, you know, you're on your own, um, when, you know, what we really need is that community and that village um, to be able to, to function. So, yeah, uh, I just wanted to add that in because I by no means want to come across as like this martyr of, oh, my God, I haven't slept in two years, but, you know, I'm such a great parent because that's not the case at all, like... I've, it's taken me a long time to be able to put methods in place to look after myself, um, to carve time out for myself and to learn that, you know, that doesn't make me a bad parent to need to have that time for myself um, to recharge my batteries. So, 
yeah, just wanted to clarify that. Okay, I think I am donezo. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please come over and say hi on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out. Uh, my handle is at postpartum underscore with underscore Steph, S-T-E-P-H. That's where I'll be sharing podcast episode updates too. Hope to chat to you soon.